Radio. This is Rev Rock, and I'm a Yajay for Yahweh, and we're bringing in the shalom to your home this morning. So grateful to be alive. So grateful to have breath. So grateful to have an Abba that is on the throne of my heart this day. We are going to go through a series of praises, prayers, decrees, declares to start our day with Yahweh and set a precedent pattern for you to be able to have a great life. If you don't know how to pray, if you really don't know how to just humble yourself and praise the one who puts the stars in the sky the one that is the wind, the Ruach beneath your wings and moves you to deeper places, to greater places, to go beyond anything that you could ever think, ask, or hope for. And you're in the right place because this is where it happens. You have to create that muscle. You have to create that habit. And it's a beautiful thing when it starts to be an actualization, a realization for your life. I believe I have my brother from another mother, my prayer partner, my 
study partner, studying to show himself approved the workman unto Yah. Since the early 90s, we have been doing this. We've been getting together for prayer in the morning. We've been getting together for prayer in the afternoon or in the noontime. We've been getting together for prayer in the evening. We've done a lot of praying together over the years, and we've overcome a lot together. And I believe that's what we see when we see the picture of brotherhood, we haven't done it perfect, but we've been learning for the last 30 years how to do it perfect by looking at the one who did it perfect. He was that friend that stuck closer than a brother, Yeshua HaMashiach, our example that we are to emulate, the one that we are to be like. And if I could ever be as great a friend to Scott Scribe Pratt, as Yeshua has been to me, then I will have accomplished a great thing in this life. So, with that said, I'm going to introduce my brother from another mother, and if he has some opening thoughts to share in this monologue, he can do that and then pray us in and call down the Ruach HaKodesh fire from heaven. Z Heavens. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good morning, Scribe. Oh, good morning, Rock. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, um, yeah, it's another day. There's frost on the ground, and I am grateful to... Uh, to be on the line, and I'm grateful to call Rock a friend and a brother. Um, it hasn't always been easy. I haven't always made. <laughs> I haven't always made it easy. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess the uh, I guess evidence of a true friendship is you know what you can go through with somebody and. Still love them, still still love them, and keep coming back because you know the soil is good. You know the heart is good, not because of the words being said, but because of an equal knowledge of the foundation upon which the words being said are uttered from. Um, that, of course, being founded in Yahweh, our foundation of foundations. The one who truly does stick closer than a brother. The one who calls us to rise to his level, if that were possible. And according to John 17 or Yehukanon 17, he believes it is, or he wouldn't have prayed to his father what he did. Um, I'm not going to give the chapter away. Check it out on your own. Study to show yourself approved. Don't, don't believe what we say here until you've dug into it 
on your own and you're comfortable with the understanding that if you're online with us, we want nothing but the best for you. Because Abba Yah wants nothing but the best for you. Um, don't expect it to be easy. Just expect it to be worthwhile. Looking forward to another awesome day today. I got some work done yesterday. Um, I was actually able to uh, start writing again and doggone it. It felt pretty good. Um, yeah, you can find a lot of this stuff uh, all over the Internet through, uh, yeah, just punch in Transformed or Rock Remnant Reality Radio. You'll find it. And, you know, our hope in doing this isn't just to blow our own horn. It's to, you know, speak to hearts and minds to let people know that all hope isn't lost. In fact, when hope seems lost, that's when you're more than likely to get found. And, yeah, I'm just grateful for the promise of another day. The sun is coming up. It's supposed to be a little bit warmer today, even though there was frost on the ground uh, as I walked the dog. And I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. So, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Abba, yeah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you for the gift of another day. We thank you for... The fact that your that your promises are fresh and new every day, and Abba, we just ask that you help us to be wise enough to seek them out to accomplish our purposes within your greater purpose. Abba, we know that your word will not return void. We know that you have never broken your promise. We know that your word stands and that it stands firm. And Abba, we just thank you for every barukata that we're that we're aware of, that that we can see, those that we can't see. We're thankful for those things that we that were avoided because your Malachim have been assigned to work on our behalf. We don't know what's been kept from us. So Abba, as we start this day again, we thank you in advance, being grateful, being humble for your protection, for your guidance. And Abaya, as best we can, help us to be the fulfillment of prayer for somebody else as we emulate Yeshua and the apostles. Hallelujah. And Amen. 
that we were gonna we we're gonna start writing our own and um you know I called mine rockisms and scribe went into more of a a deep writings uh that he started doing on subjects and uh kinda kinda kicked off our writing career, if you will, as authors together as well as we've done so many things really as friends and I think that's why it was so appropriate to touch on friendship this morning as our uh as our opener, you know, and uh really really get into that. Um so I'm gonna ask if Scribe wants to kinda bring back a blast from the past thought on how this all came together. Well, um good morning again, first off. Uh Tov. Um, I don't know exactly, I, I can't put a date on when the first rockism was uttered, came out. Um, and I don't know that that's what, uh, what you were asking for rock, but, um, when you put two person, when you put two personalities together, um, with, a th- with a third strand, of course, that being, in this in this particular situation, Yahweh, and we know that Yah is always at the center of everything, um, regardless of our level of regardless of an individual's level of belief. Okay, we've all been barukatad with a level of creativeness that is His image. That's the image that we were that we were created in. Um, Because he didn't, because Yah never wanted the creation process to end. Um, now, obviously, we're not. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that we are, you know, Elohim's in and of ourselves. But if we can have just a small part, if we can play just a small role in the overall picture. Abiyah needs needs willing vessels to continue to carry that message. Um, and you now we all we all go through things in life, and we you know we come to we're brought to certain points. Um, but you'll you'll hear Rock quote from time to time the fact that the gifts of Yah are without repentance. Abba's not going to put something in you, allow you to develop it, and then once you've gotten to the point of being extremely proficient with it, he's not going to pull the rug out from under you and yank that gifting away. He's going to um, continue to use it to place you to place you in a. unique role of a wizened mentor in a person's life. And a lot of times, you know, the rockisms, they come out as, 
if 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 you if you don't know rock and sometimes you know how they're said and maybe they don't translate in writing as effectively as they do verbally okay these things all play into it sometimes um one rockism can hit harder than another if if you don't know the heart of the individual saying it it might be a little cutting it might be a little piercing but let's face it those qualities have to be there in things that are said to shock people awake because we're all supposed to be doing more there's more we can all do to improve the world's image of who Yah is. Again, Yah's done nothing wrong. Ava Yah has never failed. He's he's you know our, our our approval or disapproval does not cement his perfection, his kodeshness, his righteousness in who he is. What's flawed is our perception of who he is. If Yah places it on a person's heart to continue to study, to continue to dig deeper beyond who they are into who he is, that studying to show them that studying to show yourself approved is going to reveal Yahweh in ways that others would never see him otherwise. And then that's got to be shared. Um, so yeah, rockisms, you know, they're, they're short, possibly pithy, amusing, um, little snippets of thought that often carry a much deeper, much more steadfast, much more reliable, much more foundational truth than most people can come up with on their own. Simply because they don't slow down enough and they don't give their creator the thought, the effort behind the thought, the thought behind the effort that they deserve, whatever it is I'm trying to say, if you don't study yourself if you don't study to show yourself approved, if you're not if you're not willing to go out into a desert of your own creation of your own making and get lost for a while and listen to nothing but and listen for nothing but his voice. then are you really of the offspring of Abraham? Have you consciously consciously sought to cross over into a realm where Yah knows where you are and can communicate with you and you'll hear and process and translate into, you know, into into that nugget that can then be 
expelled from you via the Ruach into something that most people are going to find, may find, you know, entertaining or useful. So, hallelujah. I'm not sure if that's what you were, you know, if, um, that, that's the best definition I can come up with as far as what a rockism is. When they started, uh, you know, you probably could have coined that phrase years ago before you even, uh, you know, before you even came, you know, came to the understanding you have now. So, hallelujah. Back at you, brother. Hallelujah. Yeah, I remember, uh, like I say vaguely, um, when we we were together and we kind of said, I guess that would be a rockism, you know. And at first it was kind of a standing joke because, like, like Scribe said, it wasn't that I was, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a book called Rockisms or I'm going to create my own meditation book or, you know, anything as such. It was just as a passionate preacher, teacher, speaker, motivator, out there in marketplace ministry, um, you know, I listened to and studied with so many different uh, radio ministers, and which is also the significance of how Love Life Rock Remnant Reality Radio really exists is because I believe that I was molded into being who I have become and am becoming by a lot of influence of many passionate preachers that spoke through um, mainly, you know, radio um, and or audio uh, cassette tape uh, situations. And, um, of course, television was a factor as well. But I'm talking, you know, working a full-time job and part-time jobs and businesses all at the same time, you know, putting in 20-hour days, uh, you can't sit in front of a box and watch TV. You know, you're doing, you're you're running heavy equipment, machinery, uh, vehicles down highways, and uh, your focus needs to be on the safety of others around you. You have to, you know, realize, oh my gosh, I'm driving a, I'm driving a tractor, you know, with a combine here, um, and this this thing has got a huge diesel motor in, and if I screw up, even though I'm only going eight miles an hour right now, uh, if I screw up, I'm going to hurt somebody. So I have to pay attention. So radio was just the background, kind of to drown out, really, in a lot of ways, drown out the sounds of the machinery and try to put something positive you know, in my brain, you know, so the the old Zig Ziglar garbage in, garbage out, he changes that to if you put the good stuff in, the good stuff will come out. And I believe that his inspiration was huge um, for me as a listener, for me as one that would take what he had to say, which, you know, the world called it positive motivational speaking or positive motivational seminars. I would call it uh, a teacher, 
a teacher of morals, values, principles, things that would help a person to be a better person and take that into the marketplace and uh, therefore uh, in many ways become the marketplace minister, which is a whole side of what we see in Scripture that we don't see in the normal church. And again, that was a big influence. And I guess that would be a good word is, you know, it's it's a buzzword now in society, and that is influencers. You know, who are the influencers in our lives? And, you know, I have been influenced by uh, Scott Scribe Pratt. I have been influenced by uh, Yami Cook. You know, I've been influenced by my wife, you know. But all along the way, there have been many who have influenced myself. And I believe all of them could say the same thing. It's really, you become like the people you associate with. And if you associate with people that are not digging in to be in Yeshua, then you're going amiss. You are you are missing out on a very, very crucial portion that he has for you. So I'm just going to you know, give this rockism today and uh, and kind of uh, give the message behind very few words. There's, there's just a short little snippet. But see, as a visionary, as a writer that writes what Abba Yah places on the tablets of my heart, I find the incredible messages behind the messages that once I start spinning it out, I can go for hours and hours and sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is a complete seminar waiting to happen because there's just so much content. There's so much information behind that one line, that one line zinger, that one rockism that zings into your life and hits you right between the eyes with reality. So let's go here sharing this one from uh, or on 316.22, but this was written, uh, and I not always got the accurate dates of when they were written, but I did try to somehow record that as well. Uh, to bring it into clarity, um, this one was written August 18th. Uh, actually, I don't think that's the right date because I think it was written earlier than that. And then I rewrote it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have the original date. I just copied and pasted it again. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how old this one is. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, this one comes from, here's the original. This one comes from 
July 16th, 2020. And then I reposted it on Facebook again on August 18th, 2021. And now I am going to share on it today on 316.22. So each year, this one seems to come back where I post it and talk about it because I believe it is one of the very powerful uh, portions of Scripture that's brought out in it. And I'm going to go into the whole um, the whole message behind it and really honestly probably can't cover the whole message today. There's that much. It's really a lot here, but it's a short rock, isn't it? So that's, that's the point. Now, as Scribe said, sometimes for some people when they hear them, it doesn't really hit them right away because they're busy with life and they're just doing their own thing and they're not really praying on it or thinking on it. And this is where I think so much of what happens when Scribe gets this inspiration and he's writing and people are running hard, they're they're doing their thing, they're trying to take care of business, you know, trying to take care of the fam. And uh, they don't take the time to really let it sink in what this incredibly gifted man wrote in his writings. Um, I got it easy with rockisms because they just come flying out of me as I'm, you know, speaking life. And, uh, you know, I'll be... I'll be in the middle of something or I'll be laying in, in the bathtub. That's where I got most of mine is when I do my morning mikvah and I cleanse and I wash off the dirt, off my body, I symbolize it that I'm also washing myself from the inside out and asking Abba Yah to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So, this rockism, I, I guess if I was to give a title for it, I would call it in. Pretty simple, in, right? Uh, so here it is. Pray in, speak in, work in, provision for the vision. Let's say it again. Pray in, speak in, work in, provision for the vision. A rockism by Rock Rice. Now, when you first hear it, every person that, that just heard that on Love Live is kind of saying, okay, how, how does this apply to me? How does this apply for my life? And it actually, if you know the scriptures written on the tablets of your heart, coincides perfectly with this, as far as I'm concerned, that was written by Shaul the Shaliak. 
starting in Galatians 3, verse 25. But since faith has come, we are no longer under trainers. For you are all sons of Yahweh through faith in Messiah Yahusha. For as many as were mikvahed, washed, cleansed. For as many as were mikvahed, immersed into Mashiach or into Messiah, in, in, to, you put on, in and on, you put on Messiah. There cannot be Yehudi nor Greek or Aramean. There is not slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one. Achad. You are all one. You are all a cad. You are in oneness, united in Messiah Yahusha. Hallelujah. And if you are of Messiah, then you are seeds of Abraham, even heirs according to the promise. So, you got to realize, you know, my realization came full circle when I got filled with Ruach HaKodesh and fire, as did the original Galal Talmudim or committed disciples of Yahushua. When he passed away, he said they were to wait for the promise. So then, hi. They were to wait for this promise. And this promise was an incredible reality that came through the Acts 2 experience. So here it is, Shaul later writing according to the promise. So we need to understand that when he's talking here about being in Messiah or putting on Messiah, clothing ourselves in and having him on, in and on our lives. But this is a pretty deep doctrine that we really... Uh, should not take lightly in any way, shape, or form. Again, what did I say? Pray in. So what am I saying when I say in? Who who are we praying in, right? This Acts 2, Ruach HaKodesh, his breath, his very breath, we're praying it in. We're speaking it in. We're working it in. 
provision for the vision. The visions he gives us, we have to understand the provision for every vision is already there. As every joint supplied for every one of us in our body part that we are, our little portion of vision that makes up the whole is important. What we're doing here this morning as a vision that Yah gave me to have radio, to do radio, to take the gift, the talent of a DJ and transform it into a Yajay with a style of my own that he gave me because he gave all these gifts. He gave all these talents. He gave the ability to see these broadcasts before they ever happen and uh, how to bring people in, bring people together to put out a MP3 recording that can be played over and over and over for years to come, just like these writings, these rockisms that, you know, many were not written down, but they were, they were spoken passionately by the Ruach HaKodesh and fire back in the 90s when Scribe and I, you know, first started studying together and, and becoming uh, friends, you know. And uh, like I said, it became a standing joke as time went along that, wow, that's that was a rockism, you know. Pray in, speak in, work in provision for the vision. Hallelujah. So when we look at this in Yeshua, or in Messiah and what it means to be in Messiah Yeshua and to really understand that that we are the family, the faith family of Abba Yah. We are his children and Therefore, our genetic makeup, more so than even to say our parents, our genetic makeup, our fingerprints, are that of the fingerprints of our Abaya. We should, as we've crucified, as we've killed off the old man, as the new man resurrects and rises up out of the ashes, we should look very much like Yeshua. If indeed we are in Yeshua. Because we were mikvahed into him. And we clothed ourselves with him. We 
We put on his robe of righteousness because our robe was filthy rags. And that would be the rag of a menstrual cycle for a woman. That's what our righteousness is. But when we're in Yeshua, oh yeah, it's it's real. It's really, really righteous. Because it's not in and of ourselves. It's in and of the new man that he made. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's a Yehudi or whether it's a Gentile. And again, Yehudi is specified out because the tribe of Yehuda is the tribe that we are grafted into. And all of Yisrael becomes one when we all become in Yeshua. We all become one. Doesn't matter, male or female. There's a unity, which is the bodybuilder one. When we're working on unity and 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 trying to bring together Yah's people, we're a bodybuilder, which is exactly what Ephesians four tells us we should be. You know, to be mikvahed into Yeshua gives us an identification. It gives us an ID. When we're in him, we get a new ID, a new driver's license. We get a new way to say, hey, I gave you a shoe of the wheel. I'm not driving. He's got this. That's when we know we're really in him, when we have fully trusted him to fully take over as Yami prays day after day after day on this line. Ruach HaKodesh take over. Another way she could say Ruach HaKodesh takes over is breathe on me. That the power of Ruach HaKodesh breathe on me. Because if that Ruach HaKodesh is being embraced, we're going to be leaving our old self, our old sinful lives, and we're going to fully be in, in Yeshua, in a new life. And whatever vision that he puts in you, it is your duty, it is your responsibility to carry that out. There's an in that is on scribe. And he will give him everything that he needs in provision as long as he will execute and work in the vision. He's got to work in the vision. He's got to work in emulator and everything that emulators is to be. 
He's got to do this. So this rockism is at the very core of faith taking us to the scene of action and then us showing up at the scene of action. At the scene of that barn door, we, we, we went up that hill. And this is what I always vision, by the way. If you don't know what vision I see when I, when I hear this sermon, is I see myself on that farm and that barn is up on a hill and I'm going to... I'm going to drive that tractor up that hill to the barn door and I'm going to step on it and I'm going to bust that door wide open and get in there. Because i got to take action to go get that hay and i got to climb up that hay mow and i got to throw that hay down and i got to put it on the back of that tractor in a wagon, and I got to take it out to the cows. As a little boy, it took faith to get on top of, at eight years old, a piece of machinery that was huge, a big case tractor. I could barely push the clutch down on these things. I was so little. But I had to push that clutch down, and I knew if my foot slipped, that tractor was going to pop a wheelie. It was going to be a mess. I could hit something. I could hurt somebody. I could run an animal over. I could run a human being over. But faith can only take you up to the barn door. Action is what kicks that barn door open so that you can go get the hay. We have to take action. We have to be in Yeshua. And then when he is in us and we are in him, the provision, the hay, is there waiting for us. Go get it. It's the same way with any of our dreams. They're all there. They're all waiting for us to get them. But if we don't ever kick the barn door open by faith, then the vision of the provision cannot happen because we have to pray it in. We have to pray it in. We have to speak it in. This is the praise, the prayer, the decree, the declare. We've got to work it in. The action has to be with the pray in, speak in, work in. You've got to have the action that works with the provision. Because the vision cannot happen without the action. So when we respond to the Ruach HaKodesh's drawing, and, and he's drawing us, then the mikvah, 
into the the one Yah fam happens. Now we could see this as a reference in Marcus or Mark eight thirty four and also in Lucas or Luke nine twenty three. Very clear in how we get our mikvah into the one Yah fam or the Achad Mishpaka. The Achad Mishpaka becoming a brother, a real brother to the real fam. Really the only family that, that really at the end of the day counts is us that are grafted in to this family. The rest is going to perish, guys. This is the most important family that you have got to become one with. And I think that's why Yeshua's parable talks about how we're going to come into some disagreements with our children on this earth. And, you know, some of us want to believe you know, that they're going to make it. And there has to become a reality check eventually where you just realize they've already decided a long time ago they don't want to make it. They don't want to be in Yeshua. You know, 1 Corinthians 12.3 tells us that we're all mikvahed by one ruach So as we conform into one mishpaka, one body, one family, and whether we're Jews or Gentiles, whether we're slave or free, we're all given into that one Ruach HaKodesh, new wine, drunken experience, that is just waiting for us. We can go into hours and hours and hours of preaching and teaching and reaching into your heart to become in, in, in Yeshua. We could go into First Kepha five fourteen, which is First Peter. 514. We could go into the Philippians 1 1. We could go into Romans 8 1. We could go into Colossians 3 3. Each of these, in one way or another, is speaking into you to be in and him to be in. You and you and him and to be a chad, and to be one. Because once we've died, our life is hidden within the perfection that we're becoming, which is in Yehusha HaMashiach. Yeshua is the perfect justice
He cannot simply overlook or excuse our lawlessness. That would just not be just, would it? So, therefore, the sin had to be paid for. This lawlessness had to be paid for. And all the wrath that Yah holds towards all the evil of this world and of what the, the fallen Nephilim and what the, the devious demons, the fallen that once was light and became darkness has done to Yah's perfect people that he created perfect in the garden. We would not know lawlessness had we not fallen into temptation. And this is our way of being delivered again into in to temptation. But we are now to be delivered from that evil so that he the propitiation, the righteousness can now be in us and take over. Hallelujah. Yes, this is. All that wrath that Yah holds towards evil, it was all poured out in to his only begotten son, Yahushua HaMashiach. And when Yeshua took our place on that olive tree, he suffered the punishment that our sin deserves. We should have been on that tree. And that's why we should have such appreciation for him because no greater gift can any man give to another than to lay down his life for his friends. Oh, hallelujah. So, all I can say is it's an incredible thing to become one, to become a fat, to become in. Messiah, Yeshua, together, united, together, had one, together. And as we do that, the Abrahamic covenant promise as heirs of Abraham is fulfilled. That Abrahamic covenant is now fulfilled in Yeshua at that point. And it's a beautiful fulfillment. It's a beautiful understanding. <clears throat> it's something that is so incredible to me that I'm just moved by it. So the rockisms, they have roots. And this Yeshua covenant truly has roots. So let's be in today. 
Let's be in Yeshua, Yahusha, Yahushua. Let's pray in, let's speak in, let's work in provision for the vision. Iraqism by Rock Christ. Abhi, I just ask right now that as this message goes forth, that people will learn to trust in Yahuwah. And even as this song by Hadara, Trust in Yahuwah, plays, I pray that people are really moved to a deeper intimacy with you and that those walls that have been built over years of pain and suffering will be smashed and demolished and broken and that they too, as even I had to many years ago, as the strongholds were being torn down, as the wickedness in high places was being being ripped out of the air. Every thought began to be taken captive, and I started to trust in Yahuwah. I pray that these people can do and emulate what I did because it was the greatest way to bring him in to the center of my innermost being, trusting in Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Shall I make 
Hey guys, it's Hadara. You can get a free MP3 download of this song when you subscribe at setapartheart.com. Praise, hallelujah. Praise, 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 prayer, decree, and declare. Love Live, Rock Remnant Reality Radio. Moving on to our teaching today on prayer. Uh, we have none other than Yummy Yummy. And she's going to bring in some yummy stuff, some really good morning manna for you to uh, sink your teeth into and really be able to uh, improve and grow as the masterpiece of perfection that he's already called you to be. Hallelujah. As you become in Yeshua, let's pray in. Right now, Abba Yah, speak to and through Yami as she brings forth these nuggets of wisdom, shachma, regarding prayer. Hallelujah. Yami. Hallelujah. Well, Father, thank you for Abraham. Thank you that you you and him had a great relationship. And um, and that as we go through his story, his and look at his prayer life, and um, we can we can glean from the thing, the way he dealt with life, continually staying in touch with you, and it's. You know, youth, he strayed, but you brought him back. He would, um, he forgot that you will take care of him and tried to take care of himself and got himself into trouble with the king. And, and you knew your plans you had for him and Sarah and the child that they were to bring. And you put him through all kinds of stuff. And then it happened that child was born, Isaac. Hallelujah. And as Isaac um, uh, became about 40, that's, I thought that's pretty old to get married, but that was about the age when um, Abraham, or Abraham was, son Isaac was ready to um, have a wife, and and, um, Abraham sent his servant, and Rebecca came into um, Isaac's life and and uh, let's see and um, and Isaac prayed to Yahweh on behalf of his wife because she didn't have children. She was barren. And guess what? He prayed. It seems when I'm looking at the pattern when we come to a point that um, 
we're losing um, hope, losing um, feeling vulnerable to the lies of the devil. That um, and we get to that point where we have to have a little talk with Yeshua, and and we do then. It's like it's like it comes to that point of it happens. So hallelujah. I think it's born. And now um, in Genesis 20, um, 25, um, okay, and Isaac prayed and she got pregnant. Um, and um, Rebecca picks up this same um, okay I'm going to read it on, in number 25 um, 22 and the sons struggled together within her and she said if this is right, why am I this way? Why is this going on? And she went to Yahweh and inquired. And Yahweh said to her, two nations are in your womb. Even two people shall break from your body, and one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And her days were um, <laughs> were fulfilled to bear. And behold, twins were born. So she um, <laughs> she gave uh, twins, and those twins we know as. Um, Let's see. Okay, and the and the first it says um, came out. All of him red like a hairy robe, and they called him Esau. And afterwards, his brother came out, and his hand was holding to the heel of Esau, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was a son of 60 years when she bore them. So he was was an old man, and the boys grew up. And Esau became a man knowing hunting and a man of the field. And Jacob was a simple man living in a tent. And Isaac loved Esau for the game was in his mouth. And Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob boiled 
and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Please let me eat of the red, this red soup, for I am faint uh, on account of this. His name is called Edom. And then we have a footnote that Isaac was 40 when he married Rebecca, and um, 60 when Jacob was born, and, and Edom comes from the word Adon, which means red after Abraham. Okay, now I read a lot of this story because, uh, okay, we're looking at Sarah and her um, being tied closer to Jacob and um, and um, Isaac was closer to the father. Or, I mean, Isaac was closer to the man who could bring in home the bacon, I should say. They didn't eat pork, but that's an old saying, meaning he liked his meat and potatoes. He liked um, the kind of food that he could, his son um, could get. You know, the hunter man could do. But there's a lot more to this story. And I wanted to real, want us to realize that, um, that Yahweh talked with mom and dad. And he knows human beings, um, and with me and my children, I'm closer to some than others. Like, I have one daughter who thinks more like me and likes the kind of stuff I do. And um, I remember Dean, he had his little favorites too. <laughs> so he knows, you know, the personality of us. And we're human and um, and vulnerable um, to personalities, to, to liking one person a little bit better than the next, but that's not Yah's plan. Yah doesn't have that nature. To him, we are all precious and and. All my children are precious to me, too. But um, there's something going on here with the two nations. It goes way back to um, the beginning of, of the struggle with the lineage of Yeshua. And um, he worked through our personalities. So we were just looking at 
Abraham, uh, Rebecca realizing that she was closer to Jacob and and um, that Isaac was a little closer to Esau and it was because of the their styles of life. You know, a hunter compared to someone who worked in the field. So let us remember that Yah loves us and he doesn't um, love one more than the other. But he does reward us. So as we're going to go on um, to look at the personalities of the two sons and the action, their actions, let us keep in mind our our own um, reaction to humans, to sons and daughters, and to um, people that come in our life, and what and the role that we are mindful to um, to love them equally, and to let that. The, the love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness, the meekness, the kindness, the patience, the temperance, and all the gifts of, that the Ruach brings to us, let them um, be according to Yah's kind of love and let us um, not be a respecter of a person, but a rewarder um, of those things that um, honor Yah. So, Father, I'm praying that we each recognize that inside of us is that ability to show love wherever we go so that your kind of love covers um, that multitude of sin where we get selfish and we like someone who can feed us meat a little bit better than someone who can bring us some tomatoes to go with that meat. That all of it is from you and that people are um, are subject to you to um, change. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, everybody hurts sometimes, I know that's what they say But right now it seems this loneliness won't go away Can anybody feel this heartache? 
Is anyone around? Feels like we're running round in circles. We can't catch a breath. We can't enjoy the moment when we always want what's next. Yeah, just when I can't take no more. It's when I hear you say, Don't hang your head when you get lonely. There's nowhere I can hide From the one who gave his life So I could get back mine So when you can't take no more Look up and hear him say Don't hang your head when you get lonely Sustains all of my life You are the one that I run to In you I am satisfied Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Love, love, love. Hey, my soul. You got him in you? Do you know what that looks like? Do you know what that's like to have him in you? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And boy, oh boy, we've got to get it. We've got to get it, so seek it, ask for it, knock, 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 and it'll open up for you, and he'll come in, in, in you, and you'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. Abba, yeah, I just pray that Scott Scribe Pratt can execute what you pressed on his heart today in the do's and the don'ts, the bees, the Torah truths. The wealth of wisdom, speak to him and through him today as the instructions come forth. Let it be completely you in him, in him, speaking boldly unto the nations. Hallelujah. Suppose it would help if I unmuted my phone. 
Well, hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> At least I got it done within the 17 minutes I allowed myself to do this. So, again, we're, you know, we're going back and looking through the wealth of wisdom. And, in, you know, in these wealth of wisdom teachings, there is a lot of communication of, you know, the do's and the don'ts, um, the bees, the don't bees, all this stuff. It, it all comes together, as I talked about yesterday. It's, yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, a giant mind, a, a giant brain coming together. And, you know, we need, you know, all the synapses firing. Um, we're not, you know, yes, we're supposed to be of one mind, but we're not supposed to be of a hive mind. Um, where everybody thinks the same thing, you know, just because we don't know any better. Okay, we are we are allowed free will, but the but the free but the the penalty for being too free with that will is an impoverished an impoverished decision making ability. Um. This is a teaching from uh, uh, December uh, 2019, um, recently retitled Righteous Judgment or Condemnation. Um, we're going to be looking at predominantly Proverbs 6, 12 to 15, but we're also going to be looking at Psalms uh, 140, 1 through 5, Psalm 7, or Proverbs 17, 20, and Proverbs 16, 28. Um, and then I'll, tr- I'll tr- I'll draw it all together. Proverbs sixteen twelve to 15. A worthless person is a wicked man who walks with a perverse mouth, winking with his eyes, speaking with his feet, teaching with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He is plotting evil at every time. He sends out strife. On account of this, calamity shall come suddenly. He is broken quickly, and there is... And there is no healing. Um, we all know people like this. We all, we've all, at one point or another, accused people we know of being like this. Whether we have experienced experienced it personally from that individual or if there's just something about them that does not sit right. Um, obviously, no one individual is completely completely worthless. We all have value in that we were created in Yah's image. Um, how we increase that value if we choose to increase that value, is another thing altogether. Psalms 141-5 says to the chief musician of Psalm of David, O Yahweh, deliver me from the evil man, keep me from the violent man. Now, the word violent in Hebrew is the word Hamas the same word used for the terrorist organization um, 
from the Palestinian state. I find it extremely ironic that these things all tie together. Verse 2 of, of uh, Proverbs 140 says, Keep me from the violent man who devises evil things in his heart all the, all the days they stir up wars. They sharpen their tongues like a snake. Adders, poison is under their lips. And I've gotten parentheses the word selfhood here. I'm praying that Abba Yah will reveal to me why I put that side note in there. Um, you probably will as, we, as we're going through. Verse 4 says, O Yahweh, keep me from the hands of the wicked. Keep me from the hands of the violent man who plots to trip up my steps. Verse 5, the proud have hidden cords and set a trap for me. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set snares for me. Selah. Now, as we look at these two relationships, King David's, King David's and King Solomon's, um, Dawid obviously had a, had a strong position in raising Solomon. Okay? Um, we know that there's a history. We know that each of these individuals had their own issues. David with Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. So Solomon, in turn, had over 700 wives. And his expiration, his passing into eternity, was at best ignominious um, because, you know, depression and other things can be, can be seen in his word um, signifying that he allowed himself to get tripped up. He did not judge properly. He did not put enough weight on the things of Elohim later in his life to keep him on the straight and narrow, as it were. Okay, now, while both Solomon and David had the decision-making ability um, to determine how they were going to walk, we have to acknowledge that there is a representative of a worthless person in Scripture in the personification of the adversary or Godrael, Hasatan as we know him. And while we don't while while we don't possess the intrinsic ability to completely and totally abstain from him, we were given the right through righteous judgment as to how much interaction we have to have with him. Are we going to have more interaction with our Malekum of Malekums? Our foundation of foundations? Our Elohim? Or with the Elohim of this world? Small e. Okay, now I realize you can't see that because this is on radio, but 
you know, if we're all if we're all sitting there communicating through a computer, small e, you don't hit you don't hit the shift button, you just leave it lowercase. Okay, all that stuff. The apostles called Hasatan the God of this world. We have to come in as those believing that our experience is temporal, that this world is temporal, we're just passing through it. Are we going to judge ourselves righteously and say, look, I cannot contend with this unseen adversary that I know is a worthless person, I know he's a wicked man, I know he walks with a perverse mouth, I know he's walking with his eyes, speaking with his feet, he's doing all these things that Solomon listed, he's done all these things to David, that David says, yeah, protect me from this. Okay, this is our, this is our adversary. Perfectly identified. But we also have to understand that there will be others that will cross our paths in the flesh that will have these same kinds of character traits. Whether they know they're working in conjunction with the adversary or not, they are taking part in these characteristics and expressing them towards others. As Yami was talking about Jacob and Esau, I noticed that Esau played the victim card later in life, saying that he was deceived by his brother. There was, while there was some truth in that, there was also the fact that he came in begging for it. So now all of a sudden when things didn't go his way, it's oh poor Esau. And when Esau didn't get the way he wanted, he ran off to cohabitate and join with the, this worthless person that we're talking about here. Sort of. The goal here is to identify what it is, you know, what it is that Yah defines as a worthless person and to stay as far from it as possible. Okay, now we need to make that righteous. We need to make that determination, that judgment righteously. But that doesn't give us the right to condemn eternally any individual. Even Abba Yah doesn't do that until the end of our days. Okay, and it was. It's not really him doing the condemnation. It's our actions that led up to it that determined. our end and permanent state. We've essentially condemned ourselves because we did not judge righteously. We did not make a righteous decision saying, I am going to stay as far away from that as possible regardless of who laughs at me. And, you know, as much as, as, much as Facebook and modern social media is a is a cesspool of thought. Um, I ran across the picture yesterday that 
brought up the issue of, of the issue of judgment. Okay, um, there was the the picture was disturbing. Okay, the picture was disturbing. The title said, "Don't judge." There was a picture of a guy at a gas pump. He was wearing a very skimpy Catholic girl skirt and what appeared to be a sports bra. Okay, and this was a guy. It was obviously a guy. Okay, and the 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 meme basically said, "Don't judge. People will do what they have to do to pay for gas." And I commented on that, and whether this is directly, you know, it, I believe it connects to this because the point is, no, you have to make a determination. You have the right to judge if you see that nonsense going on at a gas station. Are you going to let your six-year-old son walk past that man by himself? Or is there going to be a red flag that shoots up and says, nope, you stay away from here. You stay over here. Now, why you let your kid wander around a gas station? Anyway, I don't know. But I'm reminded of a story uh, many, many years ago when my family was at the, at the welfare office here in Sheboygan. And there was an individual, a male individual, who was done up in... Similar, you know, uh, he was wearing dark makeup and had a skirt on and all the rest of it, and scared the living daylights out of my younger, out of my youngest brother. We have the need to judge. We have the responsibility to judge, but we don't have the ability. To condemn. So in everything that goes on in our lives, we have to temper it with the love of the Father as exemplified through Yeshua. Just because you don't approve of something does not justify our converting from being the Kodesh individual individual we believe ourselves to be and walking in the role of that worthless person who is being mean and hateful and unfriendly and unneighborly and unloving just because there is something about an individual that we don't care for. Hallelujah. Abba Yah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you for your wisdom today. We thank you for your insights. We thank you for the fact that you have made this, that you, that you have made yourself easy to understand and easy to come to. You are our Abba. You want to instruct us. You want to protect us from the adversary of our souls. Abba, we just thank you for everything that you're doing today, everything that you've done, and everything that you're going to do. 
Abba, we just pray that you help us to be more like your son, Yeshua. Help us to emulate him and his apostles in everything and give you the kavod in the name of Yeshua. Amen.
Yeshua HaMashiach. He in me. He in you. That has been the rockism of the day. Pray in. Pray in. Speak in. Work in. Provision for the vision. Iraqism by Rock Rice. Hallelujah. Well, let's put a little beautiful bow on top with a cherry and close it up with a promise from my promise keeper, my lover, my wife, my life. Hallelujah. I pray right now, Abba Yah, that you speak to her and through her to bring forth this promise that we have this great, great hope to hang on to as we face the darkness yet again and bring in the marvelous light that overtakes the darkness. Hallelujah. Yummy. Hallelujah. So this morning, our promise comes from John chapter 16, verse 33. I have spoken these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, there will be affliction to you, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Hallelujah. So this is uh, Yeshua speaking to his disciples uh, before he left the earth. And so it was like one of the last things that he, he said to them. And, you know, interestingly enough, this is for us as well. I mean, it makes perfect sense that because of him, he in me, he in us, we can have peace. He gives us his peace. And we know that the world will be filled with affliction. And it's not just affliction like sin run rampant. It's affliction toward believers, affliction toward anti-Torahism, anti-instruction, pro-lawlessness, around us and anyone standing up against that will be it seems there'll be affliction that comes upon you they'll be scorned for standing up for righteousness but the good news is take courage because Yeshua has conquered the world hallelujah without the promises in this word without his promise that he will overtake the world, that he already has overcome sin, that he is returning to take his rightful place on the throne. Without that hope, it would be a pretty hopeless nation, a pretty hopeless world that we live in. So I am grateful for his word 
that it stood the test of time, that the last I checked, it was still the number one uh, book in the in the world, and rightly so. Though there is, you know, copies that are translations that are not fully accurate, probably none of them are, because man's tampered with them along the way, it's still his word, and his word cannot turn back void. So let's not look at this, the affliction that we have to go through. He says we can have peace through that affliction. So let's remember that today. And let's take courage that he has conquered the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abba, for this day, this new opportunity you've given us to live another day here on earth, knowing that one day you will reign over this earth and that even in the affliction and troublesome times today, we can have your peace. You have given us your peace. So thank you for that. And I just ask that you be with us and that you shine forth through us brightly and keep that peace in us no matter what comes our way. Hallelujah. Amen.
than blood, thicker than earth sometimes So deep and wide It's coming a day, coming a day We gonna rise up, we won't give up the fight
I'll take my seat Right on the bed Nothing compared to now believe that I am an heir, it's time to declare That you're my guy, and I'm so blessed I've been predestined, and I am your supposition So draw me closer, I wanna be real close Grew a cock of this kick over, let your glory overflow But see holy one of Israel, Yeshua You call me
believe I need you
we're bringing hope to the streets. There's a new way of battle life. Only one can set the captive free. He's bringing sight back to the blind. Show the lame how to walk and make the dead alive. Just keep moving.
once again is Megastorm Hercules. Yes, and though it seems to be settling over the entirety of the continental United States of America, there is some good news. It is the storm of the century. It has utterly paralyzed our nation. On a brighter note, uh, people are really... It's already claimed the dubious title of the worst of all time. Thank you for that, Nancy. Why don't we take a look at the weather?